Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, with my co-host, Ryan Rizuki. Today's guest, Spencer Levy, joins the show. We talk hoops, we talk life. Let's dive right in with Spencer. All right, welcome to the show, Spencer Levy. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Hi. Good, good. I am your host, Andre Pirano, with my sidekick, Ryan Rizuki. What's going on? What's going on, man? Here with Spence. Yeah, right let's talk on. some basketball. Let's talk hoops. Hey, Spence. So, let's go down your journey of basketball. When did you start? Uh, I remember playing basketball back in a kindergarten. We have like that little eight-foot hoop outside. Uh huh. So during like recess, whenever I went around and played tag, I mean, I you know shot hoops. I was awful. Probably couldn't make a shot, yeah. but that's uh, that's my first memory. Awesome. Cool. Right on. And then. Uh, so you started playing when you were like five, six years old, but then when did you really start playing basketball at a more competitive age? Uh, I would say it really started in uh, in sixth grade. Um, I remember my fifth grade year, they always had like these one-on-one like school competitions. Right on. So it's like, you know, they had like this big tournament bracket. Um, and then I guess that kind of like sparked my uh, competitiveness or this or that. So then going into sixth grade, it just kind of like took off, started sleeping in the gym. Um, Jump a little tennis ball around school. Yeah. So. And then you went to high school. You played high school. How many years varsity? Uh, three years on varsity. Okay. Um, and then uh, after high school, I did a year of junior college, and then I transferred and played three years at Occidental. Nice. Occidental. That's a Division three, right? Division three. Right on. How was that? That was good. Um, it was a. Uh, you know, the transition from high school to junior college was interesting because the physical nature of the game kicks up. Mm-hmm. There are no fouls. So I love it. You can go in the game, no blood, no foul. Yeah. Um, and then transition from JC to Division three was also an interesting dynamic because uh, to be a good Division three basketball player, you have to be super fundamental. Yeah. Um, so that was just, you know, if you're not fundamental, you don't play. Really? So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of times you see people get away with athleticism for a long time. Um, uh, yeah, but if you're a, I don't know if you guys can put this on there, but like the super athletic players, they're also talented. Most likely they're not playing Division II basketball. Yeah. You'll have the guys who uh, work extremely hard, no standouts, like um, the guy who comes here works with the, uh, the, uh, he has the basketball program. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, you're talking about um, Andrew Olsen. Andrew Olsen. Okay, Olsen. So if like, you look at Andrew Olsen, for instance, he's... I mean, he was the Division Three All-American. Yeah. And you look at him, he's not jumping out of the gym. No. But he's extremely he fundamental. Shoot the rock, yeah. Um, I feel like those type of players really stand out, you know, in that division, that kind of confidence. Okay. Yeah. And you were known as a shooter, right? I was known as a shooter. Do you still, do you still emphasize a lot of shooting in your training, or what do you emphasize most? I do, but I feel like, uh, I guess my big emphasis on training is you never train someone by position per se when mm-hmm. you're younger. You train them as a basketball player. Positionless, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you give me an example, you take little Johnny who's 5'8", you know, and he's 12 years old, 11 years old, most people train him as big. Yeah. Or he's 6'1", you train him as a big. You have to train him the same way you would train someone who's undersized. Yeah. Um, but to be a good basketball player now, you have to be able to shoot, handle the rock, uh, be fundamental, have a high IQ, um, I kind of have the idea of like having different pillars when you play. Uh, so skill is a pillar, nutrition is a pillar, uh, strength, conditioning, and IQ. Wow. So yeah, without one of those, yeah. I mean, you're kind of 
your core falls apart. Falls apart. Yeah. Can you right. emphasize one more than any other, or are they all completely equal? Uh, they're all they're all equal. It's like a foundation to a house. Yeah. You knock one down, the whole thing comes down. So you you're saying you need them all in order to be successful in this business. You can get away now with having if you have one skill that's extremely over the top. To you can get away for the others. Yeah. Yep. Right. But you know, I'll always train everyone to have all four of them. Right on. Yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, I love that. Same thing. Yeah. Now. Obviously, you growing up or being in high school, you were known as a shooter. Did you do all that, or did you just strictly just knock down buckets? Like, get up a thousand shots a day, make yeah, it 500 so every Yeah, so I wish I could go back in time, because I, uh, we had three different shooting machines in high school, and I broke every single one. <laughs> wow. So I got up a thousand shots a day. Yeah. Um, that was about four or five days a week. And, but that was, I did the ball handling cone drills, but my biggest mistake is I didn't take those skills and make them all game related, yeah. game, game related. actions. Absolutely. It was all one on zero or one on one. There wasn't enough two on two, three on three. Yeah. So when they have that whole idea about being practice players, I don't think you're inherently born as a practice player. I think the mistake is players practice and don't know how to play. Um, I feel like that's on the trainers and the coaches teach. Yeah. So you're saying, the more opportunity that you have to compete, those skills will be able to translate over a lot better? Um, yes, but also the way a coach is able to explain why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the failures is having that IQ, understanding you're not just going to come out and dribble against a cone. You're going to come out and make a move and have that defender react to you, so then you make an adjustment. Yeah. Right, read and react. Exactly. Yeah. Everything it. with intentionality and purpose. Most Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, did you learn this later on as a college player, or have you been actually learning this a lot now working with Jordan? So I have to give a lot of what I have, if not, I mean, I can't say everything, so I've had some good teachers, so we can't put that on. But um, the way I teach basketball now is influenced heavily by Jordan. So I was working uh, with a bunch of good trainers, uh, Adam Azari's uh, younger brother, Matt, who coaches with OGP now. Mm -hmm. um, he was phenomenal. I was with him for a little bit. Uh, he taught me a lot of good stuff, but, you know, the idea of pillars, the idea of, uh, you know, read and react, and the way I explain basketball now is because of the way Jordan explained it to me. Yeah. Is that the way you feel? Because, I mean, Ryan, uh, well, you worked yeah, under Lolly as well. I worked under Lolly and Gannon, so I got a little bit of both, and they both explain basketball with purpose and, and understanding, like, okay, you're doing this, in this situation, and then, but you could also do this, or you could do this, or you could do this. Like, there's multiple ways to solve the same problem. Mm -hmm. And then once there's a new problem created, then you have a counter for that one. Absolutely. And, and just one step at a time through progression. So I'm sure that you teach everything with progressions. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how it has to be taught. Yeah. I'm loving that. So, are you teaching more IQ and concepts than shooting now, or are you mixing it up? Uh, it's the idea of depth, not width. So we'll have an idea and we'll go into depth with that idea. So if my idea for that day is, um, you know, following through with your shot, everything we do throughout that whole entire day will be focused on that one key concept. Yeah. Now, if you have an idea that's more of a, um, how to, uh, you know, like a ball screen and the sure. big flat shows, yeah. it would be a lot of reads off of that flat show, whether it's, you know, a pocket split and you go, whether you're going to snake the dribble over the top. So it depends on the day will depend on kind of So you would doing. focus on just the big show and you wouldn't focus on just the ball screen and different reads off of that. So 
it would be uh, yeah because off of Boston you could have you know they could ice you they could you know push yeah they could do edge, a bunch of different things blitz, yeah. you know hard show whatever it is uh, so now when you work on just the flat show you have to also work on the help side reads that go along with it okay. right. so it's not just you know you and your secondary defender it's kind of reading through your second third fourth and fifth option yeah. um, when you get in there that's where the film comes into play some players are more visual some players can you know be more hear it, I don't know what the word is for that. Auditory. Auditory, yeah. Auditory, yeah. So. Nice. Now, now you're, you're obviously working here in uh, Jordan's facility. What is one of the funniest moments you've seen here working with all these different pro players, youth, oh, college, there's gotta be something. I gotta think about that. Funniest moments. Uh, I honestly don't know of any moments that just... What is the... What, what's like the, I guess you could say, funniest and dumbest thing that you've seen someone do? It's crazy that there's nothing like... We have a ton of fun doing what we're doing. Yeah. But when you step in the gym, everything's professional. For, I would say, I would agree for the most part, but there's got to be a kid here or there who completely ran the wrong spot or completely did like some move backwards or... I mean, kids doing the move backwards is, you know, you kind of just get... All the time, yeah. You get used to it, but that's the, the teaching aspect. But I can't think of any, uh... I really can't think of anything. Mm. Okay. Any situations that ever turned ugly? No. Wow. That's a good thing, then. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, how, about, how about different stories that you've had in your playing career as far as when you were playing, like, something funny that someone did in practice or in a game or... Anything comical that you can think of? Man, Levy, your life is perfect. Yeah, my life is pretty good. Well, we had a... There was one game, I'm not going to say whether it was, you know, youth, high school, or yeah. college. Um, but it was a close game. There was a few minutes left, and our point guard dribbled across half court, and the ball was slippery, so, you know, didn't call timeout or anything, just picked up the ball, like, wiped it on his shirt, and then just kept dribbling. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, there, there had to be at least. Yeah. Five, six hundred fans in the gym, and that was just one of those moments you just look like. What are you doing? What's going on? And then he looked at the ref like, "What do you mean? Just we're wiping playing the ball off." It's we're pickup ball right now. So I guess <laughs> aside from that, I mean, that's pretty funny actually. That was something that was just more shocking. It's like so it was a close game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're yeah. just looking around like the guy's probably the best player on the court, anyways. Yeah, just like what are you doing? Uh, favorite go-to move. Uh, yeah. Shoot that thing. I don't know. Shoot it. <laughs> Just shoot it. Get down the court and shoot it. Probably never met a shot I don't like. Yeah. Favorite basketball player ever? Uh, Chauncey Billings. Chauncey. I like that. Mr. Big Shot. I like Chauncey. I like, I like that. Yeah. Favorite favorite basketball moment of your own? Uh, I think I was ten. And there was a kid on our team, uh, my dad was the coach, he hasn't scored all season. And there was like three or four seconds left. Uh, and it was kind of like the last game of the season too, like one of the, like those iconic moments. Yeah. And uh, you know, we passed him the ball and like he hit the game winning shot. And like his dad came running onto the court. Um, and it was just one of those moments that I just never yeah. really forgot. Wow, that was awesome. my favorite moment. That's really cool, because yeah. it was about somebody else. You know? Yeah, it was cool. It was a good game. That's good. That's good. Favorite basketball team? Detroit. Chelsea. Why? 
Well, my pops is from Detroit. So okay. instead of like, telling people I'm from like Calabasas, California, yeah, they're starting, no, like in the starting introductions when you know you're coming out onto the court, you say from Calabasas, you don't really sound that tough. You say you're from Detroit, Michigan, at least you have a little bit of ring to your name. So like going into there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, so if you search my name like online, like under like NBA draft stuff, like yeah. it'll pop up, it's Detroit, Michigan. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow, that's really cool. Favorite favorite Jordan shoe ever. Never had one. Favorite, sh- favorite shoe to hoop in though. Probably the Kobe's. I have no idea which one is I'm not a big shoe guy. I used to go like to the back of like the outlet stores and just buy eight pairs at a time, they're each thirty bucks and uh, <laughs> That's really funny. You yes. working with Jordan? He's like the biggest sneakerhead that oh I know. My, oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you having. Uh, appreciate you coming on. How can people reach out to you and get in contact with you? Uh, I guess Instagram is the best way to do it. Yeah. So just Coach Levy, Coach underscore Levy. That's it. That's it. Sir, that's Thanks right. for coming on. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we out.